Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The good parts of being a tag team wrestler. If you get on with your partner, you've got a friend for life that will be by your side through the ups and downs of professional wrestling. You can ride together, you can negotiate deals together, you can have great matches together. It's like playing a game with co-op. As for the cons, though, well, I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is nine WWE wrestlers who got buried because of their tag partners. Number nine, the Brain Busters. When Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard jumped ship to the WWF in late 1988, there was some excitement in the air. This was one half of the four horsemen and a great tag team in their own right. Almost instantly, they proved their worth by having bangers with the Rockers and by becoming the World Tag Team Champions. Soon after this, though, they realized the money they had been promised was not going to be the figure going into their bank accounts, leaving them to make new deals with WCW worth up to $750,000 each. So that's some good business right there. The problem was, just as they were on their way out, Tully Blanchard failed a drugs test. Now, conspiracy theorists would say the timing of this seemed a little bit off. The word got back to World Championship Wrestling, and that was that these new contracts were pulled. It meant Anderson had to sign for far less, whereas Tully refused to come back at all unless the original fee was on the table. That didn't happen, so the team was over, and it caused a long-standing rift between the two. Not that surprising. Blanchard has spoken about this and said that he regrets all the stress and frustrations this brought on, so at least they got back on the same page, but still, this is one way to implode when you're meant to be a team. Number 8, The Highlanders. The Highlanders were Scottish. WWE made that very clear in every aspect of their presentation, but Robbie and Roy McAllister did seem to be in for a solid push under Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I mean, they were plugged into the tag team title scene against the Spirit Squad pretty quickly, but after they failed, the Highlanders were relegated to Sunday Night Heat. Rory then tore his pectoral in February 2008, which left Robbie completely in limbo, and likely thinking that nobody would care, what he did later that year was go and watch TNA when they were in town. It wasn't helped by the fact that TNA spotted him and identified Robbie on camera, but as soon as WWE higher-ups found out, they were super pissed. It just left him in a position where he was treated horrendously on TV for a while before both guys were let go. Sheesh. Robbie has since admitted this was a stupid move, and if he could take it back, he would. So there's a lesson there, kids. If you're in WWE, you're WWE for life until they kick you out the door. Number seven, the Forgotten Sons. Unfortunately, the major talking point when it comes to the Forgotten Sons will be what happened on social media as opposed to anything they did on the main roster. 
That should never be a thing. Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake and Jackson Riker formed this trio down in NXT back in 2018. And while that was okay, most thought that them moving to SmackDown in 2020 would be when they really shine. They beat the New Day, which was a good start, and played off their real-life Marine backgrounds to create this image that their country had forgotten about them because obviously the clue is in the name. This all hit a wall, however, when Riker tweeted in support of Donald Trump and the protests that were running rampant across America. WWE did not like that. No matter what your political views, they didn't want their talent getting involved with situations that could have a negative effect on their product or bottom line. Jackson was also openly criticized by other wrestlers in the company, and that was the end for them. They all just vanished. Riker would resurface as a new friend of Elias, whereas Blake and Cutler teamed up with Baron Corbin. And that wasn't long for this world either. Steve did something that breached WWE's disciplinary guidelines and got released. And a few months later, partner Wesley was gone too. Number six, the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors were the team in the 1980s. They ran through everybody with ease and became so popular, they even had a term named after their entrances. If you got a Road Warrior pop, meant you just blew the roof off the place. Hawk and Animal were as tight as brothers for most of this run, the cracks only starting to show when they joined the WWF as the Legion of Doom. The brutal road schedule came into effect, and man did it play its toll. Trying to cope with this and his own personal issues, Hawk started to have more substance problems that resulted in numerous suspensions. This meant Animal was persona non grata too, and it all came to the head on the evening of SummerSlam 1992. LOD were taken on Money Inc. for the tag team titles, but Hawk was so out of it, he was not in any state to perform. It meant the other three had to work around him, with Hawk not even being in the right mindset to hit the Doomsday device. He then no-showed the following TV tapings and subsequently quit the company, deciding to head to Japan instead. As you can imagine, a lot of this fell on Animal as well, especially when it came to wages. The real-life Joe Laurinaitis more often than not stood by his friend, though. And that is quite the trooper. Number five, Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki. I don't know how or why these two got together, but they did. It happened in 2004, and their odd couple even won the tag team titles and they beat Paul London and Brian Kendrick. This was really weird. The reason for it was that Dupree was seen as a huge project but needed experience, something they hoped Suzuki could give him. They also had no plans for either of them at all, so why not just push them together? Sadly, or maybe not so, this hardly lasted any time at all. Rene ran foul of Hardcore Holly behind the scenes after Dupree got a speeding ticket in a car registered to Bob's name. It caused Holly no end of problems, and given Dupree didn't try to fix this, well, he was done. Hardcore then lived up to his name by kicking the crap out of him during a house show match before the pair lost their belts to Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam. There's another lesson here as well, kids. Never annoy Bob Holly, ever. Number four, Crime Time. Crime Time were great in 2006. They did so well with everything they were given, they became huge fan favorites, even though the gimmick was anything but progressive. It was stereotypical nonsense, but Chad Gaspard and JTG ran with it. Boy, how did they make it work. Unfortunately, this all went bad during a house show match against Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. After a botched finish, Chad thought he'd have some fun with the situation, teasing the referee and even auctioning off the man's belt to the live crowd. This was not appreciated backstage as Gaspard got into a shouting match about it with road agent Barry Windham, and it got so heated the next day, crime time was released. Thankfully, a year later, it all calmed down and they were rehired, but I bet JTG felt a little dumbfounded after that. In fact, I know he did. I read his book you should read it too. As we are talking about crime time as well, it is always important to remember that Shad Gaspard sacrificed his life to save his son. That dude was a real life hero and should be 
mentioned as such. Number three, The Click. This is written in wrestling folklore today, but back in 1996, Kevin Nash got all Triple H and Shawn Michaels broke kayfabe and they hugged in the middle of the ring. Nash and Hall were off to WCW and as all these guys were friends backstage, they decided to use this moment to say goodbye and fans could not believe it. Neither could the rest of the locker room who demanded justice, leaving Vince McMahon with quite the issue. He couldn't touch Kevin and Scott because they were leaving, Michaels was the WWE champion so that couldn't change, leaving just one man to take the heat. Triple H. He was taken out of the King of the Ring tournament in 1996, which he was scheduled to win, and mostly spent his time after this being thrown into pig slop courtesy of the Godwins. After he had served his time, he was back on the right path, but again, for a good year or so, his reunion with his buddies cost him big. Number two, the Mexicals. Another gimmick that just made you facepalm, and do know that I'm facepalming right now, Cuban 2 Guerrera, Psychosis and Super Crazy were put on lawn mowers and told to wear matching overalls as we just took every Mexican stereotype and we rolled it into one. They were such talented wrestlers they were able to get over in spite of this, with Guerrero even becoming a two-time cruiserweight champion. Hoovy was notorious for being a loose cannon though, including one time in WCW being found running naked through a hotel after doing a lot of drugs. He hadn't calmed down too much here either, developing a backstage reputation for having a giant ego and being hard to work with. This was tolerated somewhat, but when he was booked against Kid Cash and laid in his shots as he was annoyed because he was losing, well, that was that. He was let go, and even though Crazy and Psychosis had distanced themselves from the man, it didn't help, and they were released too. Number 1. Air Boom In 2012, Primo and Epico beat Kofi Kingston and Evan Bourne on a house show, and a lot of people were confused. This included fans in the building as this rarely happened on non-TV programming and there seemed to be no reason for it. Kofi and Evan were hugely popular at the time and all of their matches rocked. There had to be something else here and there was. As it turned out, Evan had been suspended for a second time for smoking a synthetic form of marijuana, meaning he was now off the road for 60 days. During his first telling off, management had decided to send Bourne home for 30 days and keep the titles, but this was one time too many. It did mean Kofi had to suffer as well, but all was actually fine. Evan Bourne has said in multiple interviews he took responsibility for this and apologized to Kingston profusely, and as ever, Kingston understood. Because if you didn't know, he is one of the nicest dudes in all of wrestling. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 